Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, our lovely Digest and investors, to another podcast. I'm Sam North, the trading school lead here at eToro, and I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, an analyst based out in Sydney, Australia. Josh, how are you? I'm very good today, Sam. Very good. How are you? Yeah, good. The, the day started okay. It's 14 degrees, but sunny, but sunny. Nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to complain too much about that. How's your, how's your day been? Busy one? Yeah, yeah, it's obviously been a busy few days for me with obviously um, markets uh, going into a little bit of turmoil. So yeah, busy few days. Uh, but you know, as we were saying, I'd rather be busy than, than not busy. So it makes the days go a bit faster and keeps it interesting. So it keeps yeah. me on my toes. Yeah, well, I, I saw there was a, a tweet from someone last week when it's, or actually it might have even been Monday, where it was... the they talked about the Dow Jones being down in points. And when the, the, when they talk about that, you know there's been a uh, uh, a kind of day where, where people get a little bit worried. Markets in turmoil, that's what we need, a session like that uh, yeah. for people to really take note. Um, podcast this week, then, got to talk inflation. Uh, we'll talk about the, the crypto crash, which has uh, been, been pretty extraordinary to be honest, and then Disney and Alibaba, who have their earnings out this week. Of course, depends when people are listening to the podcast, but uh, it'd be good to talk about those two stocks as well. Yep, yep, sounds good. Um, as we said, it hasn't been sort of a quiet week uh, at all, so plenty to cover. Um, yeah, look, I think for me, it's been one of those weeks where I prefer just not to even look at the portfolio, just not going to load it up. Um, I, I was chatting to one of the um, you know, one of the customer facing guys today and he just said, people, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just not even, I'm just not, I'm just going to start deleting my apps. <laughs> so I said, oh, all right, it's not, it's not like quite, quite that drastic, but, uh, but yeah, we just won't, I'm just not going to look at mine. I'm just going to leave it until, until, uh, we have that bit of a relief rally. Yeah. Well, I, I spoke to someone yesterday and they were like, I haven't looked at the app or my, my apps for, for three weeks. And I was like, I don't blame you. Like, why? Yeah. And to be honest, I never actually got why people would, would check their, portfolio every day if you're a long-term investor it's, to me it makes zero sense why someone would do that do you no, not I'm, though no i don't i do generally don't i just think I no it's impossible i have to I do yeah well, I, the first I, thing I do in the morning yeah well i come from a, a day trading uh background so i'm in and out of trades all the time and i just found that when i do check even a trade i end up maybe wanting to come out come out early or adjust it and I've done the stats. When I do that, I, I, I lose money. So I stay yeah. in and I don't check. Once I'm in, if, and if something hasn't fundamentally changed big time, I'm not going to come out of it. Um, mm. But of course, you know, they, they say money is made in, in, in bear markets or corrections and, and stuff like that. So the only time I've been sort of heading in is, is to hopefully buy a dip. But the dip Buckle keeps up. on dipping, doesn't it, at the moment? Uh, it's going to be hard to time. But uh, let, let's talk inflation. What a shock horror that we're talking about that seems to be uh, quite the quite the word as of late again. Uh, what are we expecting? Again, when people listen to this, 
it, it could be that inflation has come out. Um, so we can talk about potential reactions that could follow. But, uh, you know, what number are we looking at? Well, I and mean, I've seen some economists who are sort of half expecting it, it to be a peak. You know, could we see one this month? Yes. Um, it, you know, it depends on, on what economists we're, we're listening to, right? Um, but it's the critical focus for investors this week. It's pretty much that, you know, all the market's talking about because, you know, this is either going to get us out of this hole or it's going to make things, uh, you know, worse in the short term. You know, if we start to see inflation start to ease uh, and stabilize, you know, we could then potentially, as I say, see a relief rally because we've, you know, we're seeing inflation peaking and the Federal Reserve sort of tightening expectations then are, are fully priced in, you know, especially when you had Jay Powell take off those 75 basis points off the cards uh, last week. But on the other hand, you know, in the same breath, if inflation is sort of worse than maybe we're expecting or even just above that eight and a half percent that we've already seen, it's likely to mean that the Fed could raise rates faster than sort of Jerome Powell alluded to last week. They could be more aggressive because, as I say, he took that 75 basis point rate hike off the cards last week. Um, and ultimately, this could, you know, put markets on under more downside pressure because uncertainty is going to rise and, you know, investors are ultimately going to believe that, you know, the Fed, you know, aren't handling inflation well enough and um, these rate hikes maybe aren't quite as aggressive as, as, as they need to be. Um, but as we say, it, it's mixed from, from economists. As, as you say, some are expecting the peak. Some are predicting that we might see a slight increase. So it's anyone's sort of guess, I guess, in, in that regard. But um, one here from ING, an economist, sort of saying um, the CPI data should hopefully show that inflation has passed the peak with the year-over-year -year rate slowing from 85 to 8.3% and core inflation edging down to 6.1% from 6.5%. Um, they also said it will be a long, slow descent to get to the 2% target um, and the Fed will continue to hike rates swiftly with a 50 basis point rate hike expected in June, July and September. Um, so I think that that's I've taken that one because I believe that I, I want to be positive. So I think that's quite <laughs> a positive, uh, um, a positive um, note from from ING there. Um, and, a, and a good um, outlook on, on what to expect. So as I say, it could be mixed. We could get exactly that or it could go the other way, um, you know, because there is the potential that this isn't the peak and it has got slightly worse. So as I say, it's not going to be easy, um, but hopefully this is the pinnacle of that sort of Fed fear and investors are, you know, we are hoping for a bit of relief. Um, as I say, and to come back to it again, the reason that we're sort of talking about this in 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 this sort of depth and in this sense, it just but but ultimately means it's it's what we're sort of pricing, and the reason that we're we're having this um, sell off in markets right now is because we have priced in pretty much what we believe that the Federal Reserve is is going to raise rates to, which is about three and a half percent, and that is going off to sort of the current inflation reading. If that continues to get worse. Um, then obviously we're going to probably need more more hikes over that time. Um, but again, if, if inflation is then leveling out, the Fed will eventually you know are able to then take its foot off the brakes. Um, but what's important as well is that one month's read on inflation obviously won't be enough to sort of probably convince the central bank to change course. Uh, that's probably really important to know. But what it will do is just either add some stability to markets or it will add some further uncertainty. We'll obviously have to wait and see. But look, I think... What's, what's probably important to note at this point is it is a difficult time for investors. Um, and it's probably worth noting as well that, that many investors who maybe entered the markets after, you know, say March 2020, after sort of that COVID crash, this is going to be probably th th their first experience of a market correction. 
Um, so it's a great reminder that you know we don't always see markets go up. You know, myself and and you, Sam, um, we've both been in markets for for a number of years, so this isn't um, this isn't new to us, and we we understand that this does happen. But downtrends do occur. Um, but over time, we obviously have witnessed those downtrends. But of course, um, you've got to stick around to to see the other side and and to to see um, the green um, when things do turn around a little bit. And, and history does show us that over time, markets move higher. So it does depend on your strategy, your outlook, and obviously, you know, your time horizon. If it's twenty years, then you know you might want to be looking at, at what Warren Buffett says, and like you said, Sam. Um, be greedy when when others are fearful, um, as there will be opportunities that that will start to arise. You know, if that inflation reading does come in and stabilise things tonight, um, you know, we might see less pressure on, on the valuations of a lot of these stocks. Um, and I think there is no doubt that, that through what we're going through right now, there will be losers in the market. Companies will fail. Businesses are, will suffer, you know, and entire industries will take a hit. So you know, it's, it's going to be difficult for some of these companies to, to, to probably bounce back. So I think what's important is that during this time, you're looking for quality stocks, you're looking for quality businesses, um, you know, and ultimately finding those businesses that have got a lot of capital to see them through these difficult times. Um, and to finish, I want to go back to Mr. Buffett, um, you know, the pinnacle of investing. Um, he says, in the 20th century, the United States endured two world wars, uh, other traumatic and expensive military conflicts, the Depression, a dozen or so recessions and financial panics, oil shocks, a flu epidemic and the resignation of a disgraced president. Yet the Dow rose from 66 points to 11,049 points. Um, so I, I just thought that was um, that was qu- quite a nice um, point to uh, to, to sort of get to um, in the sense that we have had a lot thrown at us this year uh, but it's maybe time to zoom out if you're a long-term investor and he's done uh, he's done all right over the years hasn't he so if in doubt zoom out absolutely he's done he's done very well it's interesting you know just you know seeing uh, people comment on on the inflation and people saying it's the most important one since last month and it'll be the most important one till next month <laughs> as well so yeah I'm sure there'll be a little bit of panic around well, for the UK, it's one thirty on, on Wednesday, uh, 8.30 for, for those in, in, in the US or on most parts of the US anyway. So, yeah, market will be waiting for that. Uh, of course, there's no guarantee that it's going to be the peak. And probably a lot of these economists that were saying uh, we, you know, we're going to have a peak were probably saying that, tra- you know, it's uh, inflation was transitory. So, yeah, no guarantee. And if it's, let's just say it's another multi-year high, Markets are not going to like it, um, but look, we'll see. We'll wait and see. That's all we can do and then react to that. And can it be a potential uh, bottom for the market? No, potentially. But as we've always said, timing the exact bottom is very, very hard. Uh, another market that that's you know struggled and people will be looking to time the bottom, of course, is, is crypto. Um, it's uh, It's been another one where on, on, on Twitter you've had hashtag crypto crash trending quite a lot uh for anyone that's on twitter would have seen the message from my friend who was like what do i do i've got five grand what do i do crypto's crashing uh i haven't spoken to him for a very long time and he only, he only comes out of the woodwork every time crypto is struggling he's like do i sell it all and uh, all of this kind of stuff but of course nothing is financial advice um but you know i have to say with everything else selling off that the sell-off that we saw on monday for example it's not a shock it's not a shock. Risk assets have been under big pressure. 
Um, you know, I, I think at, at points, and it's probably right now as well, although I haven't looked at the chart just recently, that it's closer to zero for Bitcoin than it is to its all-time high. And that's going to be the same for many of these crypto assets. Fell over 10% on Monday, I think up, up to 12. You know, what are your thoughts on, on, on things at the moment? Well, at the start of the day, I was, I was, you know, I was thinking things are getting a little bit more positive. But, you know, as we're talking right now, I'm just watching a few charts and, and Bitcoin is is rapidly tumbling again back towards 30,000, um, back to that support level. We were just talking about it before we jumped on, but the, the, the UST, the Terra-backed stablecoin, it was meant to be a dollar is now at 24 cents uh, and Terra... Uh, the the crypto itself is also down eighty seven percent in the last twenty four hours, down to four dollars. So, uh, my thoughts at the moment is there is a fair bit of fear in the market, um, and, and you know there's a lot to sort of really consider. Um, but I think what's 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 probably key to know is I think it was only a matter of time before we did get to sort of this crypto sell off, crypto correction. You know, it was holding up so far this year after having a lot thrown at it um we had some positive news that was sort of helping to to sort of buoy the crypto market you know with sort of bitcoin leading the way but it's obviously now felt this sort of full effect of of this correction um you know i think you know really if we look at bitcoin as sort of the main example it's obviously you know sort of the the, the leading indicator for most of the market but it's it's sort of correlation with with assets you know such as obviously stocks is is obviously continuing to climb in particular obviously something like the nasdaq i think um i think you mentioned it a few days ago sam but i think it's now at some of the record levels that we've ever seen um and in that sense the bitcoin is the victim of its own success you know because we've got more institutions getting involved you know and they're treating crypto as they would uh, you know any other sort of risk asset such as a tech stock you know and therefore it's trading sort of differently from what we've seen maybe three four five years ago um obviously the the sector and the industry has matured a lot more and we've obviously got a lot more investment into the space as well um but as i say bitcoin particularly as i mentioned that thirty thousand level it's going to face a big big test probably the biggest test it's had so far this year um it dipped slightly below thirty thousand. um you know about sort of 24 hours ago um and and it's now sort of nearing in on that level again you know this is the lowest that we've seen bitcoin since sort of july 2021 and as you say unfortunately closer to to zero than the, the all-time high that we previously had um and i think look we you know as investors we've got to be aware that if if that move below thirty thousand is sustained we could see some heavy selling and could see some sort of further downside in the short term um you know i was watching it just the just the pure price action of Bitcoin when we sort of reached that 30,000 level. Oh wow, the amount of orders and the bull was just fighting onto that level. I was just watching it and it was just just stuck at 30,000 for ages. It just didn't want to go below. Um, but it's obviously, yeah, um, it's holding onto that level really well. And as, but as I say, if we do go below that, um, you know, I think we, we could see a little bit more red. And then, as I say, we've got this issue of the UST stablecoin backed by Luna not being so much for stable top coin which is causing absolute panic through the market um as i say that the, the stable coin is meant to be a dollar stable coin it's down at 27 cents now uh, down 70 percent on the day um and it's the third largest stable coin on the market um so it broke its one-to-one -one peg and it lost up to a third of its value um at a, that was yesterday but now uh <laughs> it's lost 
you know, a huge amount. It's lost seventy uh, well, percent. We, we can't it's call it a stable coin. You got it's unstable now. It's a crypto. Yeah, it's just a cryptocurrency at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, and but the thing was on on um, you know, certain exchanges you could stake it. You could you could put capital forward and and stake it, and you know, ultimately investors were thinking, okay, well, this is you know because you could re return a yield say four or five percent well this is a a yield okay put put my uh put my cash into there put my usd into into this stable coin and i'll just pick up the interest it doesn't quite work like that you know and and i think that's the the risk that we've got to understand with with the crypto market sometimes um but the problems um is is that we we saw obviously dramatic declines in terra or, or luna um that fell obviously as i say by dramatic amounts and it's also contributed to obviously this weakness that we've seen um in bitcoin um as the lunar foundation used its bitcoin reserves to try and support the usd uh, peg as well um they've deployed one and a half billion dollars of additional funds in a in an effort to sort of support ust um you know that's between bitcoin and and obviously cash as well but right now it just doesn't look like they you know they're in any position to sort of try and support this um you know as a brief you know stable coins are crypto crypto assets collateralized by an underlying asset to provide a stable digital payment system um they're aiming to be transparent decentralized and, and obviously with that speed but without <laughs> without the volatility of of crypto assets um, it's not done that so far. Um, there was lots of stories of, of why this happened. And if, if we were to sort of go through it, we would probably have a, an hour long episode. So, um, you know, have a quick Google to sort of, you know, get some more information on it. But I think we've got to remember sometimes is that some of these crypto assets, um, they, 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 they do work like startups, right? You know, not all of these are going to be here. We chatted before we, we jumped on the podcast today, Sam, but go back four or five years that top sort of 20 market cap of cryptocurrencies, you know, you'd be very surprised to see sort of five or six of them still there from, from five years ago. Uh, and, and that's it. We're going to go through cycles and it wouldn't surprise me to see some of these altcoins, um, you know, not be around in two years time as well. Yeah. Yeah. It pays to, to be diversified, I would say. A um, little bit on, on, on Bitcoin price then. A lot of people talking about the 200 week moving average for a potential floor for bitcoin it's easy just to pick up any old technical analysis but uh, there's certainly been some good previous reactions uh, throughout bitcoin's history on that 200 weeks so that'd be something that people pay attention to i'm sure um and, and speaking of the peg the, the terror one is that it's the modern day uh swiss franc against the euro for anyone who is interested check that out the swiss franc against the euro january the 15th 2015 i was involved in in trading that day and actually remember it because the day before so january the 14th 2015 i broke up with my girlfriend at the time so went out and oh, um got got quite drunk and i was trading at home with my brother at the time and i was just lying on the sofa like dying and um he was like sam come here sam come here the markets are going crazy and you literally on the screen you had to scroll down to see where the, this candle had gone on the daily chart for the uh, Swiss franc against the euros. Do check that out. Uh, incredible to, to watch it. Um, but speaking of these sort of corrections and more, by the way, for, for Bitcoin, how does it sort of compare to others? Because I think it is quite useful to sort of put things in perspective. And is there anything we can sort of take from this? 
Yeah, well, I mean, just to go back to my point a moment ago is that there was a bit of negativity in my in my comments there, but I'd like to add that there's going to be some opportunities that, that do obviously come from this, right? Um, you know, and if we do look at the data that we've got from, from Bitcoin when we've had sort of these corrections, we do go on to, to reach new all-time highs. Um, simple as that, it's in the data, it, it shows it, that's what history tells us. Um, and this is quite, a, you know, this is one of the longer, you know, sort of bear markets, um, that we sort of had, um, but it's also one of the longest bear markets we've seen without a m sort of a more significant decline. So I think that's a positive to sort of take from this is the only bear markets that have lasted longer than this um, have seen 84 to 85% sort of decline. So I think we're doing really well in this sense um, that, that, you know, I think that just shows the, the maturity of the space. Again, you'd have to go back to um, you know, 2017 and then also back to sort of 2013 to sort of get those you know sort of you know super big losses that you know sort of I just mentioned so right now um, the drawdown on Bitcoin is, is just over 55% um, and what we saw from you know those those longer term declines was was obviously the upside was usually much larger okay so when we're sort of then moving back to, to those new all-time highs you know, those those gains are obviously, you know, much larger. And, and to get back to this all time high from here, uh, obviously, we're going to have to see, a, you know, 100, over 100 percent increase um, to get back to those all time highs. So that's, I think, a positive to take away. But in, in my view, I think we're in a different position, as I say, than what we were four or five years ago. Um, we've obviously got a huge amount of retail investment and a huge amount more institutional investors into the market. Um, and, and the last correction of 55% was only in early sort of 2021. So it isn't new. And after that, it only took four months to actually reach a new all-time high. Um, so, and, and around that time, it's a very similar time as well. We hit $29,000 as well. So that sort of seems to be a pretty key level there. Um, look, it's never nice to, to obviously be in a bear market, to endure a bear market, but investors should remember, you know, what they're buying um you know look into the use cases of these crypto assets um understand what you own understand why you own it diversify um you know look into these assets that are going to be around you know that we're going to need you know i i personally find it hard to see a, uh, a future in finance without blockchain and without cryptocurrencies um you know so that's really important so you know go and do your research um, if you're interested in, of course, buying buying these dips, um, you know, go in with obviously a risk management, go in with strategy, never invest, of course, more than you can afford to lose. Uh, you know, and understand there might still be some more downside, you know, possibly choose to adopt something like a dollar cost averaging strategy, but there will be opportunities that arise, um, you know, and, and make sure you do your research and, and try and find some of those some of those, um, you know, those, those opportunities that, that are starting to rise. But also, uh, don't be afraid of just looking at those top two, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, those drawdowns are, are massive, obviously 55%. You know, if that was, if that was Apple and it was down 55%, uh, I'd be seeing that as an opportunity. No, for sure. For sure. Next up then, uh, Disney and Alibaba. And I'm afraid that the, the bad news keeps coming for, for, for this podcast today and, but for me personally, on their two Debbie downers us today. I know, I know. I mean, th these two stocks I own as well, um, so I'm not exactly over the moon with them. Um, but I have take to, taken a dollar cost average approach to to these stocks, so it's not like I'm I'm tied to a price that was. I mean, in Alibaba's case, you know, trading on its high 
many many moons ago and many percent ago um but obviously their earnings are out this week um disney aftermarket close today um so yeah you know what what we what we sort of looking at what we paying attention to from these sort of quarter one reports here yeah um look i I think from earnings disney is is obviously the big name to watch the week um much of the last sort of two years have been focused on obviously its streaming efforts with with sort of disney plus that has ultimately buoyed the stock obviously over the pandemic but obviously we've got to take into account that miss from netflix along with its sort of 35 percent share price plunge it's obviously um it's obviously going to be playing on the minds of of disney investors you and me alike um you know and disney is obviously more diversified in in that sense as a as a sort of a media giant but it doesn't mean that they won't go into the event sort of holding your breath as an investor um but for me i think we've got to look at disney we've got, we've got to be looking at the, the return of its theme parks as the main focus i don't think the street will look at that i think the street's gonna gonna look at the subscriber numbers it always does um but if we look at theme parks if we go back to 2019 it made up for close to 40 percent of its revenue stream you know and, and with these results that we've had from say booking.com and airbnb they showed significant demand for travel um, so this could be a huge positive for for, for Disney. Um, I think you know, obviously, unlike Airbnb, where they're sort of going back to pre pre pandemic levels, this won't be the case for Disney. But this will give the stock additional tailwinds over the next sort of twelve to twenty four months, given that it's got hotels, it's got parks, it's got cruise ships. That's a long way to to sort of reach full capacity. Um, I also think as well, you know, in terms of the park processes, that's improved really well. You know, no one wants to sort of stand in a queue, especially when COVID is happening. Um, they've transitioned to things like digital queues, mobile food ordering. Um, they've also added a lot more experiences within the park to give, um, you know, consumers a better experience when they get to the park. I'd say the only tailwind for me is, of course, you know, inflation. Um, Disney's parks are a luxury and it's where the consumers are going to be spending on these luxury experiences given the current environment it's not cheap to to go and do that but I'd say that's just a sort of a small concern and ultimately these results could be could be positive um, you know for Disney investors but we are going to see a slowdown in growth uh, from from Disney plus so it's how the street reacts to that then on the other hand um, obviously Alibaba it's obviously had a lot more to deal with uh, as of late than probably Disney whether that's domestic regulatory woes, whether that's delisting fears in the US, you know, lockdowns that have sort of hurt domestic demand, um, you know, and, and then we've seen retail sales um, heading into a, a contraction three and, minus three and a half percent year on year. That was the March data in, in April. Uh, and that sort of resulted in a, in a pretty general risk off mood for, for Alibaba. Um, when it comes to expectations, we'll... Um, earnings per share, that's uh, got hopes of um, being around about $1.15, less than half of its previous quarter of $2.65, so a big drop there. Um, revenue growth slowed in its fourth quarter 2021 release back in February, and that missed estimates. Um, estimates this time around is, is about $30 uh, billion US dollars. And then on the cloud front, its cloud revenue is, is still positive, but its growth has slowed down dramatically, especially when you compare it to the likes of Azure from Microsoft, Google, and obviously AWS with Amazon, uh, estimates of just 21% growth. Well, those names are doing sort of 40, 50%. Um, and then obviously, as I say, those ongoing crackdowns in Beijing are, are obviously negative factors for Alibaba to sort of take into account. 
And then, obviously, you know, China's COVID lockdowns, I think that's going to play on uh, on guidance as well for the next quarter. But to finish on, I'm going to go positive now. I've taken the negatives out of the way. Its valuation is going to be really, really attractive for investors. It's trading at 11 and a half times forward earnings, uh, which is crazy cheap. Um, I think that price is in, obviously, everything I've just mentioned from the negative side. And analysts on Wall Street are ultimately still bullish. They've got an average price target of about 160 bucks. That's 90% upside from its last price, which was $84 in last night's session. Um, and we're trading at the lowest price in, since sort of 2016. And they also, in its last earnings, upped its share buyback to $25 billion um, and then pushed that to sort of 2024. And I think that buyback underscores, for me, some confidence for investors about sort of that long-term potential value bar bar. Um, they're sitting on a lot of cash and they're going to invest it back into the business. So um, positives there, um, but also got to be wary that we might still see some, um, you know, s- some downside in, in the short term. But, you know, longer term, there's got to be an opportunity there in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It can't keep getting worse and worse and worse. He says and then it does. But we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll wrap it there for, for the week, guys. Thank you very much for, for tuning in. Please remember to rate, like, share, subscribe, all of that. Uh, it helps obviously with the the algorithms etc josh thank you very much for joining no thank you sam and i hope all of our listeners uh, have a great rest of the week take care nice one guys take care you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro for more information visit etoro.com <laughs>